Welcome to Top Brew, the show that is best served fresh. This is episode 74. I am Joe Darnell, your host, and joining me is our coffee friend and cover, Mr. Eric Rauch. Good afternoon, Joe. Good afternoon. We are recording this October the 20th, and I am glad that we could find the time to do it. We've both been kind of busy, mm-hmm. and our schedules haven't been very flexible lately. Seems so that way, yeah. I appreciate you making it out here. Oh, yeah. It's coming all the way over here to Cobb County. You, you don't live or work in Cobb County. That's right. That's right. No, I don't. Are you working from home mostly? Um, yeah, Paulding. So I mean, it's, just, it's just one county. It's not like I'm... No, it's not far at all. It's like but, 30, yeah. 45 minutes maybe? Oh, yeah, 30 at the most. Everywhere in Atlanta takes half an hour. Did you ever notice that? It does, unless you're Unless you're me. going to the, the east side. But it, Well, in my case, yeah, I'm going towards the big chicken, so it takes me about an hour to get there. Okay. Well, 45 minutes to an hour, but usually an hour. It's pretty sad. Distance doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how far you live from. It's it's just like you, you better count on. It doesn't matter on the traffic. It's just everything's half an hour. Half an hour to 45 minutes. Well, at least I have the big chicken on the way. Not that I eat at the big chicken, but it's always fun. It's a to landmark. Know. Yeah, it's it a- is a landmark, and I can always say to myself, uh, as I'm just like crawling through the traffic, when I get to the big chicken, I'm close. Yeah, I know I'm close to the office. Here's the there's the goofy chicken. So you know what I have been consuming at the office lately. I say consuming because I, it feels like a science project. Okay. <laughs> we talked about Soylent an episode or two ago, and it was just days afterward that I got a message that I could get a 50% discount from Soylent.com and on do, a case of 24. So just to describe for the audience here, Joe is holding a what seems to be a pure white bottle with absolutely no label, no nothing on it, except for... What, maybe? It's a soil in at the bottom and four hundred. You have to be looking for it. There's nothing on yeah. the lid. There's nothing on the bottle. But there, you know, there's a very small little contains soy. This it doesn't give you any other ingredients. It doesn't give you a flavor profile. <laughs> nothing. This unit not labeled for retail sale. Yeah, obviously. really no unit. It looks. It looks. It looks like a generic. I mean, that could be anything. That could be milk. That could be. It's just a what eight ounce, ten ounce plastic bottle. I was going to say it was probably 12 or 14 ounces, but I'm not good at gauging bottle sizes. So we talked about Soylent, and what it is is just a drink mill replacement. I know they want to talk about it like they invented such a thing. Really, they haven't, but... Contains soy. (laughs) Yeah. That's it. That's all it says. It happens to taste a little bit like soy. Oh, Uh, it's, it's called Soylent. Yeah, since that's its its only ingredient, I, yeah, I would I would assume there's got to be water or something in there too, right? Yeah, it's kind of milky, but th- but thick. Okay, it's not like a protein milkshake. It's not that thick. It's not a protein smoothie. But it's just it's just kind of like if if you handed this to me, I might say thank you and and put it in my bag <laughs> and never use it. Yeah, because <laughs> it's just kind of creepy looking. Like what what is? It could be lighter fluid. I mean, I don't who knows what this is in this bottle. What are we lighting the fire with? <laughs> Soylent. Okay, the reason I picked it up was because I wanted to report back on the podcast. I wanted to tell y'all what I actually thought of this beverage we spent a lot of time talking about and find out if it actually could be a meal replacement for me. I have been using it at the office. I had 24 bottles, and I have about eight left to go. It is not easy because this stuff 
is very bland. I detect notes of soy, <laughs> and that's not my favorite flavor. I even hope every time I am drinking the thing, maybe this time it'll remind me of vanilla. Yeah, maybe but I'll no. like it today. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's really easy. They do accomplish their mission because I arrive at the office. I So you, you drank it in the morning then? You know what? I wasn't. I was using it for lunch. Okay. And then just the other day, I used it for breakfast once when okay. I was in a big hurry. So I only got it because it was on sale, 50% off. And the question I had in my mind using the thing for the first few weeks was, when should I use Soylent? Mm-hmm. And my assumption was the most sensible time is during a meal when I am in the middle of the day working. So during it's meal defaulted time. to it, yeah. But it'd have to be a meal during work time. It's a replacement in the sense that you don't eat any that's all that is your lunch. That's it. Yeah. Okay. And it worked. It wasn't the most filling meal because I, I can eat Chick-fil-A sandwich, fries, a box of nuggets, and a drink. That's a little bit more than the average bear. Yeah. This is barely cutting it. Th- this would be like having the number one, the Chick-fil-A huh. number one okay. stopping. It claims to be nutritious. I don't like it. So it must be. Yeah, it reminds me of a daily ration. Like that scene from The Empire Strikes Back comes to mind when Yoda is talking to Luke and says, how do you get so big eating food of this kind Okay. on the planet Dagobah? It's like that. This this is disgusting. Like if, if all you had to live off of was water and pretzels or Soylent, you'd actually stop to think about it for a few minutes. <laughs> and... Uh, Nothing fancy about the box, nothing fancy about the buying experience. Soylent is very utilitarian. So it's not coffee. It doesn't have the coffee in it. That is their other product. Same thing with notes of coffee. Actually has a flavor, and it comes with caffeine. Have you? Did you get any of those as, as samples? Not as of yet. All right. Maybe if I find some for 50% off. Yeah. But when I was buying, they were all sold out of the coffee beverage. Oh, so that's what you would have chosen. I would have. Okay. Mm-hmm. So enough about Soylent, Eric. We are going to talk about coffee. We have two that we are taste testing today. Because we are taste testing these beans and they came from Thrasher Coffee, I wanted to give a shout out to them. Thrasher is a great craft coffee roaster we have a history with. We've worked with them before. They've sponsored us and they care about our opinions. So instead of a sponsor read, we are going to taste test some of the beans that they have been experimenting with in the kitchen, in the roaster. And uh, we're going to share some of our thoughts. Uh, these are not real products as of yet from thrashercoffee.com. We're just going to give them our hot take. What do we have here? Two Ethiopians, and they're both, the one is a, is a Guji, which is a darker roast. Um, they're calling it a Vienna roast. The other is a Limu. Um, I, think, I guess that's how you pronounce it. Lemu, Limu, Limu. Um, it's a washed Ethiopian, which washed Ethiopians are... are um, there for a while, natural processed Ethiopians were all the rage because because of the the blueberry notes, because of the strawberry notes, and they still are, you know. But I think I think a lot yeah, of those... you can detect uh, some natural sweetness to them. Oh yeah, yeah, and and definitely some acidity, some citrus flavor to it. Um, because you know, again, you know, a reminder that coffee is a fruit. Coffee comes from it's, it's the pit of a fruit, 
of a of a cherry like berry. So I never really um, thought of seeds or beans, be, bean seeds as fruit. Yeah, when we call them beans, when yeah. we call coffee coffee beans, it, it it throws people off the off the scent. But yeah, coffee is a fruit. It's a it's a fruit seed. These don't tr- taste at all like, even though they're both Ethiopian. No, well, a lot of that has to do with the roast, and no, they don't anyway. But um, but the. Uh, the limu is a, I'd call it like a medium dark roast. It's still, it's still not a light roast. It's a darker roast than, than usual, but it's much lighter than, than the guji. And unfortunately, I can't really get a full flavor on, on the guji because of the roast. It, you know, the, the roast masks a lot of the, what I suspect are, are, are probably um, really good flavors that are, that are hidden in there by the roast. But the limu is good. And like I said, they're both washed. You can make They're it. not naturally processed. They're, they're processed wet. Well, you can make really dark roast coffee, and the flavor profile can still excel. But this is not a case where it did. I, I don't. I, I don't think so. The limu is good. It's it's got a it's got a lemony, um, lemony almost um, vegetal sort of some sort of yeah. I was gonna say some sort of vegetal. I like it. I think it's a good afternoon good. beverage. Yeah, it's very clean. It's not what I would use in the evening. Um, it's not. It's. Uh, it doesn't have like mouth puckering acidity. No, but, but it's, it's there. But it's but it's very yeah. It's it's refreshing, but it's also it's also got a good a good coffee flavor too. It's not it's not just a fruit bomb. And I do like the aroma from the beans in the bag and from the mug. So let's see here again. It's nice. Mm, can you smell that? It's great. I never did smell the beans. It actually it doesn't smell at all the way it tastes. No, it doesn't. Isn't that amazing? Almost smells like cereal. I like it. I had some golden grams for this this afternoon. Uh, yeah, that's what <laughs> tied I'm, me so, over. <laughs> something like that. Yeah. So it, it does have that kind of not not like a you know Captain Crunch smell, but it has a no as a cereal type smell. My thanks to Thrasher for supplying the coffee taste test today. We have lots of other beans upstairs in the kitchen. I'm going to go through those the rest of the week and nice. feedback back to Seth at the roaster. And the next thing I wanted to talk about was this interview with Starbucks CEO Howard Schultz with Alec Baldwin on the Here's the Thing podcast. You said you listened to it. I did. Have you heard the show before? No. Me neither. No, we've heard Alec Baldwin before. Who yeah. hasn't? Yeah. And he's got such an iconic voice. He does. And and he's he's very effortless. I mean, he, he makes a perfect interview. I can tell he's really trying to find great questions. Maybe he does. I don't think he has to try. He just he just seems like like uh, like a conversationalist type forced. person. I listened to it twice, and I could tell the second time through that he was trying to be really effective on the spot. Yeah. But the first time, it, yeah, it was so natural. Yeah, and and Howard Schultz is surprisingly charming too. I mean, yeah, he does, very laid he, back. Yeah, he does a he does a, a really um, a really great job. I guess for me, there wasn't a ton of new information in there. But it was a good listen. It was, well, how did you learn all those things concerning Starbucks? Did you read a book? Oh yeah, yeah. I've read I've read multiple books on the history of coffee, and and of course, it's always whenever they talk about specialty coffee, the first thing they talk about is is, is the rise of Starbucks. And what's the relationship between Pete's Coffee and Starbucks? Did they just both grow as companies of around the same time, or did they actually have beginnings together? Starbucks started selling Pete's beans, so oh. Alfred Pete was down in San Francisco roasting. Roasting coffee, European style, so and they still do. Very dark roast down in San Francisco. The two guys that started, I think it was called Starbucks at that point. I'm kind of forgetting. I can't remember if Well, Howard Schultz didn't start Starbucks. No, he, he didn't start Starbucks, own. but I, he didn't name it Starbucks either, right? No. Okay, so it was already named that. They were essentially a distributor. They were buying coffee from Alfred Pete, and they were distributing it in, up, in this, uh, up near Pike Place Market, up in Seattle. It wasn't until Howard Schultz 
invented a different business model Stonewall, for them. Well, and, and just started being around these guys. And then he went over to over to Italy, and that's where he experienced espresso for the first time and the espresso culture and fell in love with it. But he wanted to bring the coffeehouse experience, the, you know, the whole idea. And I know we've talked about it before, the idea of the third place. You know, you've got, you've got home, you've got work, and then you've got something else. Either it's a neighborhood bar, it's a pub. Well, they have that in Europe. We don't really have that so much in America. He was wanting to try to invent, you know, America's go-to third place. And that's and so he was he thought the coffee house could be that for America because there's no no age requirement. You know, anybody can go into a coffee house. Growing up, I used to think that that third place was the library. I didn't know any better. I was in a homeschooling family. I really thought that that's it was so cute. Yeah, no, it's pretty <laughs> pathetic. So he. He eventually bought Starbucks from these two guys because he wanted to take it a different direction than, than they wanted to. And at so one time... He bought them out. They bought... Well, Starbucks bought his own independent coffee house at one point, right? That's what he said in this interview. Right. I don't know any of the details because I haven't read a book about it or any lengthy articles that yeah. explain the corporate history. I do know things about their corporate values. I know how they treat their employees. Mm-hmm. I find the design of their coffee houses very intriguing Everyone has a different design. Some are more modern and minimalistic, and others yeah. feel a little bit more charming. And yeah. not only where they're located in the particular you know locale of the country that they're in, but also in different cities will have will have different feels yeah. in in their Starbucks based on 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 what part of the city they're in. But they're all corporately owned. I didn't know that. So like a oh, Chick Fil A yeah. chain, yeah, they're all corporately owned. Same thing, and they maintain their. Consistency yeah. this way, except for the ones like if you go into Barnes and Noble and there's a Starbucks in there, they are completely limited in what they can do because they're not. I don't know what you would call them. They're kind of like a franchise, but they're just a coffee shop that sells that sells Starbucks coffee. But they are really limited in what they in what they have to offer. Yeah, for a long time, I wondered if some of those were run by Starbucks and then others were run by those other stores because I've seen them inside Kroger, mm-hmm. I've seen them in the airports. Yeah. And Howard mentions in the interview that anything inside of another store or an airport is not corporately owned Starbucks location. Yeah, but you wouldn't know that because it no. looks and feels like it is a Starbucks. And I'm so sure there's got to be some sort of limitations or you know stipulations on how they on how they make it look. At times, they've probably had to deal with locations that were not consistent, and they had to shut them down. Mm-hmm. I remember hearing how. A few hundred Starbucks locations were shut down maybe five years ago or so when they kind of hit a peak. And mm-hmm. I think, yeah, Howard in the interview mentioned how for a little while he had left Starbucks and he owned a basketball team. Yeah. It's kind of a, it's kind of similar to, to the, the job story, the Steve Jobs story. It is a little bit. It, though I think he left willingly. <laughs> And Jobs. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But but he, I think, I think he 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 got a little bit you know, full of himself. Story. That that yeah, well, I can, I can I can just go I can just go do something else and 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 you know turn my turn my master marketing skills on something else. And he talks about how it was a failure owning owning the uh, the Sonics. Well, it was also his first love. I'm glad that he did it for like his story yeah. about Howard Schultz because he was originally into football. He was on the team. He was a really good player, but maybe not the best. But then he got a major injury and broke his jaw when he was 18. Mm -hmm. Ah, man, I can't imagine that kind of pain. I've never broken a bone that I'm aware of. I may have broken a toe or one or two times. You would still be aware of it. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not exactly sure. Surely I dislocated him. I think I did that. Yeah. But he also messed up his back in that same injury, and he is still in recovery for his jaw. Mm Mm-hmm. 
and the guy says he drinks uh, five cups of coffee a day. Well, some espressos and a macchiato thrown in there too, I think, as part of the five he drinks. Yeah, he talked about an, an aged Sumatra. Yeah, well, and, yeah, and he also favored black coffee, which I thought was interesting considering the the lack of an emphasis on black coffee at Starbucks. Right. Yeah. He, he talked like he was really in favor of black coffee, and he wanted to share some of his favorites with Alec. Yeah. So yeah. It, I don't know. Like, if I could have a cup of coffee with Howard, I think I, I might. I don't think you could have attracted me to that idea before, though, because I figured the guy would – he'd be a little bit more of a company man, a marketer. He'd be less personable. He's the president of the company. He's a little standoffish. Oh, you know, well, good maybe, with writing a book. Maybe he but, would be with you. I don't know. Maybe he's a little bit different with Alec Baldwin. Maybe, um, maybe, yeah, maybe that, maybe that think, makes all the difference. But no, I, I, I think he is. I, I mean, I, I, mean, I think he's he's a fairly genuine guy, you know, as much as you can be when you're running a, you know, multi-billion-dollar empire. But he also, everything that he did seems humbler than you, I would expect from another corporate titan in yeah. America, because originally he wanted to just have 100 locations. Mm-hmm. He wanted to give ownership to the employees. He wanted to take care of them with their own health care plan. Just his values were ahead of the curve. The, not a lot of other corporate America types or restaurant chains would have been thinking about the same things. Yeah, yeah it's, Still, very, it's very millennial type thinking. And his thinking was different about other restaurant businesses. Like he actually had some nice things to say about In-N-Out, mm-hmm. which to me is just another fast food restaurant. I, I don't really know them to be all that special. Oh, have you ever eaten one? No. Yeah, yeah it's, it's really good. Really? Oh, yeah. yeah what would I you mean, compare you know, it to? Well, I, I guess I guess Hardee's. Um, really? See, I don't think of Hardee's as all that great. But it's been a long really? time. It's been you, a long time since I mean, I've if been you, to Hardee's. I mean, if you go to Hardee's and get a hamburger, you, you know, and then you go to McDonald's and get a hamburger, I mean, they're worlds apart. Hardee's makes the food when you order it. It's not sitting there in a bin that they just they just throw on a tray. It's still fast food, but it's better at fast food. Yeah, and, and I would say it's, it's probably better. I mean, I haven't... I haven't been to an in and out in years. Um, but it's it's probably better than Hardee's. But I'm just talking in terms of what's generally available in, in most places. Mm-hmm. I mean, Wendy's tries to position itself as being better than your, your average fast food place, right? Mm-hmm. I, I think Hardee's actually succeeds in doing that. But the way they market themselves, it's all... It's all about the sex appeal, and and that, that right. I don't think they they have to do, but but yeah, it's working for them. So yeah, anyway, I don't know how we got on that. I don't either, <laughs> but it's good to know. These are keen insights into our taste, right? Into what? <laughs> into our taste. Into our taste. Yeah, yeah. Not that not that I'm some sort of Hardy's aficionado. Aficionado. A Hardy right? a Hardy's aficionado. Yeah. Show title. <laughs> <laughs> Two things that I also liked about Howard's interview was that they didn't go into coffee thinking that they were going to makes us a wide spectrum with lots of milks and creams and sugars and syrups and stuff. But they figured out along the way that they wanted to give people the drink that they wanted. So yeah. they wanted to give you full customization range. Yeah. And that is a huge differentiation from other restaurants and coffee houses. Yeah, ex- especially coffee houses. I, I, I think there's, there's, there's a, this we – we, we need to link that, that, that video. Um, that, and I'm, I'm sure we probably talked about it before where, where those – where people walk into that into that specialty coffee place and it's those two girls behind the counter. Yes, and yeah. they like they like refuse to give them what they want. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's a, a humorous way of showing that what I think is a real attitude. You walk into a specialty coffee place and they're going to tell you 
this is how you drink this. This is how you drink this. I, I, I mean, okay, you know, you can have your own preferences. That's fine. But if somebody wants to come in there and, and, and they want to dump sugar and, and, and milk and everything else in it, it's their cup of coffee. That's what they're, they're going to do. You can try to educate them otherwise, but don't you know, make the person feel like they're, they're less than a person because they drink their coffee a particular way. Starbucks doesn't do that, obviously. You know, you know, what, you, what you want is, is, is what you get. But I think especially coffee can learn something from that. It could be somewhere in the middle. Well, and I, I just appreciated that it was in the interest of the customer's desires for their own beverage. Mm-hmm. Rather than sounding like a sales pitch to try and woo you to a fancy beverage with less coffee and more creams and additives, it was really about, you know, what do people want? They seem to really like this. Well, why don't we give it to them and be glad to give it to them? Yeah. And, and so I like that stance. Well, and, and that happened over time. It wasn't something that the first day Starbucks opened that they were that they had all these drink choices and, and all the all these things on the I mean, that happened over time. Mm-hmm. As as people came in asking for certain things, well, those things got put on the menu and got turned into, into various drinks. Because again, you know, Howard's, Howard's vision originally was to, was to import the Italian coffeehouse mentality into America. And he did. And then America spoke back and said, well, we'd like this, we'd like this, we'd like mm-hmm. this. Um, and he spoke about his respect for the Italian market. Yeah. And that after all these years, with 25,000 locations, they're only now going into Italy. Yeah. Because he was wary of, or reverential, of yeah. how they do coffee there. Yeah. And, and he said that's where? Was it in Naples? I didn't catch it. Was it Venice? No, it wasn't Venice. But yeah, yeah, they're, they're, just, now, yeah. they're just now penetrating Italy. Yeah, that's pretty hard to believe. So be sure to check it out. It's a great episode of the show. If you enjoy Here's the Thing, I can see why you'd continue to subscribe. I think Alec Baldwin makes a great personality as an interviewer. And Howard Schultz is more personable than I expected. So enjoy that show. We'll have a link in our show notes. Yes. I want to say thanks for listening to episode 74 of Top Brew. If you want to find our show, it's no longer at topbrew.fm slash 74. It is at nightowl.fm slash topbrew slash 74. And if you want to catch us on Twitter, if you want to give us any sort of feedback or make a suggestion for a topic to us, then give us a shout out on Twitter. We're at Top Brew FM. I'm also on Twitter. If you want to reach me specifically, I am at JCS Darnell. And I want to say thanks again to Thrasher Coffee for supplying the beans for an excellent cupping. And we'll see if we do a few more of these. We still need to go back to the truck stop coffee. I, we might save that for the last episode ever. We'll, we'll see. We'll work on that idea. Last episode ever. No, no, I didn't say this is the last episode ever. Oh. (laughs) When that day comes. All right. Thanks so much for listening to episode 74 of Top Brew.